This is Women Road Warriors with Shelly Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you drive long haul, short haul, or heavy haul, they're here to empower and inspire women in the trades on TNCRadio.live. So gear down, sit back, and enjoy. You're listening to another great episode of Women Road Warriors with Kathy Takaro and Shelly Johnson. I'm Shelly. And I'm Kathy. Our show is about inspiring women to achieve all of their dreams in spite of the obstacles. Today, we have Joyce Fields. She's the author of 10 books. She's quite a pioneer. Oh, my goodness. Joyce is a relationship expert who has written books to inspire people. Some of her titles include Mother's Dozen, an easy recipe for raising great kids, as well as the best way to keep a man is to let him go. I love that title. That's great. Joyce, I was looking at your bio. You have certainly done a lot of things during the course of your career and encountered a lot of challenges, I'm sure, too. Why don't you tell our listeners how you've evolved and some of the challenges you've encountered? Well, uh, thanks for having me, uh, ladies. Yes, thank you for being on the show. I'm, I'm excited because you've got some really great stuff to talk about. Well, when it's, let's see, I was born in 1944. I'm 77 years old. And I started reading when I was five or six. That is what started me on my journey. I didn't know it then, obviously. Uh, At five or six, I was sitting at the breakfast table. I remember that um, with the cereal box in front of me. And I would read every single word written on it. Front, back, top, bottom, sides, every word written. And while I'm eating my cereal and I used to read matchbook covers, I would read anything that had words on it. And I still am a slow reader. I I never took speed reading or anything, but reading the love of reading is what taught me how to write. I didn't realize it, but God, the supreme being, whatever you call your higher power was preparing me for becoming an author. I had no idea. So um, then I went on to be, I went to the High School of Commerce, which is, uh, which was uh, one of two very prestigious high schools in Detroit, Michigan. And it was uh, for females. We did have a few boys in the school, uh, our graduating class, but I went into stenography. Okay. So now I'm a trained stenographer. And which is a dead profession now because uh, no longer, I don't think that shorthand is taught any longer. Yeah. Uh, even while I was, uh, I used to supervise the word processing center at Detroit Edison. And even while I was there, I, I could see shorthand dying out because we had machine dictation. Right. There was no longer a need for uh Uh, usually it was a female to be getting dictation from uh, a male and transcribing it. And so uh, I'm saying all that to say I wrote my first book in 1997. I'm the oldest of seven kids, and we all get along fabulously. There never has been any sibling rivalry in our family. Um, So I wanted to capture the way that our parents raised us. 
And we just adore each other, even to this day. I still talk to my siblings uh, at least once every seven to 10 days. Uh, and we've been in California now. I was born in Detroit, Michigan. So we've been out here in California for almost 20 years. And the reason why we moved here is because uh, of our grandchildren. Uh, I had helped to raise the ones who lived in Detroit. So I wanted to move to California to give the ones here uh, memories. And so going back to when I wrote the book, I had already finished the manuscript. And uh, my husband and I have been together since we were 13 years old, 64 years. And wow. so That's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, to me too. <laughs> That's <laughs> uh, and so uh, he adored my parents and my brother. I have uh, one brother who passed away in 2013. He had lung cancer. That was my husband's best friend. My brother met my husband before I met him. Uh, and so he was about 12. And um, so I had finished the manuscript and I didn't know what to title it. So my husband was reading it and he said, all of y'all have that line of serenity running through you. So that's, I was intrigued by what he said. And the oh. book is entitled Line of Serenity. And the first 23 pages, my husband describes what he sees as this line of serenity running through each one of us. Nice. And then I go on to tell the story about how we were raised. That was my first book. You know, and I don't think a lot of families can say that because there seems to be rivalry or bickering quite uh -huh. often. How did you get around that? Um, were your parents just more insightful or? Yes, they were. And I didn't realize it until after they had passed on, both of them. Uh, one of the chapters in the book, that's my, it's my favorite chapter. It's called The Calm. And what I remember the most is the calmness of our home. Uh, my mother died in 1977, and this is 2021. Mm -hmm. And this year, I realized that I had never ever seen my mother out of control, angry, or totally upset. Never in my life. She died when I was 33 years old. And so realizing that, I wanted to talk to my siblings to see if they had experienced my mama being very out of control, upset, or losing her temper. And to a person, they said, no, they had not. Hmm. So she was extremely calm. And my father was too. Never saw either one of them out of control, angry. And they modeled that for us. Oh, absolutely. Is that the type of person you became and all of your siblings too then? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Even to this day, it's, it's just my husband is amazed by this. It really is amazing. And, and I think it's, it's not necessarily in the norm. And especially in the days of social media now, where uh -huh. everybody's uh -huh. getting upset about this and that. And yes, it's, sometimes it's they really... need to unplug and walk away from all of that when you uh -huh. think about it. Uh -huh. So then um, the, we had a Doberman Pinscher puppy. Um, so seven children, a Doberman Pinscher puppy, two adults in the house. And I never saw anger. And it, that extends to my extended family, to my cousins. It's, it's just amazing. So it was a family tradition. 
What a um, wonderful, wonderful way to raise children and a yes, wonderful example. Okay. Yes. So that's why I wrote the book. Uh, and it's, uh, like I say, it, he's, my husband tells a story about what he sees as this line of serenity in each one of us. Um, now, my youngest sister just had a birthday. She turned 68. My husband has known her since she was three years old. That puts wow. it in perspective. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yes. Uh-huh. So do you think that this also created empathy? Because that, that's a, a, something that's really needed. And not all siblings have that for each other. Oh, yeah. It, it definitely did that. Yeah. And so um, I am a almost 10 year breast cancer survivor. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, When I had the surgery, I was in my last radiation treatment was 11, 11, 11 at 11 a.m. Oh, wow. Blows my my mind. And when I had the the last radiation treatment after the surgery was after the surgery, not the last radiation treatment. So the surgery was in August of 2011. And after the surgery, unbeknownst to me, my sister had already planned her trip out here to California from Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she surprised me. I'm sitting, I'm, I had just been released from the hospital. My husband picked me up and all of that. I'm sitting in my lazy boy recliner and the doorbell rang. And one of the, a, a friend of ours goes to the door and it's my sister, Anita, surprising me. I had no idea she was coming. Nice. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of family I have. Very and that's lucky. so important. Mm-hmm. Um, you really understand at an early age with that kind of bonding, mm-hmm. uh, the value of who you are as a person. And not everybody always has that. Yes. Yes. So we have so much love. But, and we were financially poor. Um, but we didn't know it. The kids didn't know mm-hmm. it. Right. My, our parents didn't talk about money at all. Money doesn't buy happiness. Mm -mm. No, it doesn't. Mm -mm. So all all these life experiences, is that was, was this the, like the the premises for your, your, your book, Mother's Dozen, an easy recipe for raising great kids, which is a great title, by the way. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. Um, The foreword, when I finished the manuscript, I sent it off to some of the reputable publishing houses and they rejected it, saying that they only publish books like this uh, that were written by psychologists or ministers or mm. celebrities. So I thought to myself, who wants to raise their kids the way celebrities raise their kids? But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, sure. So what I did, I did the next best thing. Uh, I have a cousin who attended one of the biggest churches in Los Angeles, a uh, famed church. And I emailed the pastor the um, manuscript and asked him if he would be so kind as to consider reading it and writing a foreword for the book. He emailed me back the most awesome foreword. This is what he says in his foreword. Mother's Dozen is a handbook of excellence in raising children. It systematizes the rules passed from generation to generation regarding preparing children for the world to come. It involves tough love. It encompasses touchy-feely. It establishes fences that keep the wolf out and the sheep safe. It is common sense, the most uncommon thing in the world, 
particularly in this present age of negative imaging and self-raised rugrats. The quest is not for something new, but for something substantial. It is here. Every line brings an aha experience. The head nods yes. The will prize action. Well done, well done. Reverend Cecil L. Chip Murray, Fame AME Church, Los Angeles, retired. Wow, that's profound. And that makes I you want to so pick up too. the book. If I, if I hadn't been sitting down, I think I would have passed out when I read it. <laughs> that's great. That is, and it's right. only, <laughs> this book is only 43 pages. But well, it says everything 42. it needs to. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the ingredients that I captured, Mother's Dozen, an easy recipe for raising great kids. So I'm calling these things ingredients. Start from infancy. Manners. Number three, love for learning. Number four, responsibility. Number five, rules, order, and organization. Number six, independence. Number seven, spirituality, a higher power. Number eight, affection. Number nine, discipline, self-control. Number 10, feed interests. Number 11, obedience. Number 12, patience. So that's the 12 ingredients. People I'm buying your book, me, right? <laughs> people always ask me, yeah. how do you teach a child patience? Yeah. You, you, you teach them to wait. You know, mothers nowadays want to hurry up and give kids stuff. Don't do that. Teach them to be patient. You tell them, if you wait 10 minutes, I'll give you a cookie. Then you time yourself. Then 10 minutes, get the child a cookie. Then you tell them, if you wait a half an hour, it, you stretch it out. Right. So they wait longer mm -hmm. and longer. Now, when we were little, we used to ask my daddy for a nickel. And that was a lot of money <laughs> back then. So he taught us patience by making a stand in front of him and waiting for him to go in his pocket and pull out his change and give us a nickel. We had to stand there in front of him. We couldn't grimace. We couldn't him and haw. We couldn't do anything. We had to be patient and wait for him to give us the nickel. So what did that teach you as a child? Patience taught me how to learn how to wait. If it's not going to be done when you want it to be done, you have to wait. Right. And uh, the, another lesson that he taught was I was in high school and the bus stop was around the corner. And anytime it rained, I would get up and get dressed and everything, get myself ready and go out there, stand at the bus stop. And sometimes he would pull around the corner in his car to take me to school. That taught me, and he, he really taught these lessons, that taught me if you have something to do or somewhere to go, get ready on your own and be prepared to do it on your own for yourself. If somebody comes along to help you, then that's a good thing, wonderful. But you are prepared to do it on your own. What Which a is great so lesson. Wow. It really is, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors, coming up. Tea 
TNCRadio.live is proud to carry the Steve Summers Overnight Drive Show. TNCRadio.live is dedicated to commercial drivers. We offer the news, traffic, and weather you need, and the entertainment, sports, talk, music, and celebrity interviews you want to hear 24-7. We have original shows and trucker podcasts that feature some of your favorites, like Ice Road Alex Demogorski and America's Truckin' Sweetheart Marcia Campbell. TNCRadio.live is convenient and designed for professional drivers. The best part is we're free, and you can listen anywhere you are on the road. With just one tap, you can tune into Steve Summers and us right on your phone. Simply download our app by going to app.tncradio.live. That's app.tncradio.live. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. In this day and age, I find that, you know, people, number one, they want everything yesterday. They have no patience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And number two, they expect people to do it for them. Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. big time. Oh, yeah. 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 So you ladies said something about the best way to keep a man is to let him go. That's, that's, that's uh, the title you had. I love it. I love it. That's that's one of my most popular books. My mom uh, used to say, uh, give a man enough rope and he'll hang himself. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's not the that's not the case with this book. OK, uh, this book tells ladies how to keep a relationship healthy and happy. OK, uh, the introduction for this book. Uh, I wrote the introduction. Um, The best way to keep a man is to let him go. My late mother-in-law told me that in 1959, when I was 15 years old. At that time, her son, Frederick, everybody calls him Pap, was my boyfriend. I let him go. And on March 31st, 2008, we celebrated 51 years of being together. Then June 3rd, 2008, we celebrated our 41st wedding anniversary. While my mother-in-law put it into words, I watched my mother put it into action. She let my father go, and they were happily married for almost 35 years until his death in 1974. Let him go doesn't mean don't care. It means be secure enough within yourself that you don't freak out if he's not with you and you don't know exactly where he is. Let him go means don't try to control where he can go or what time he must leave or return. Let him go means don't try to control him, period. Let him go means don't try so hard to change him. After you have paid your dues, you may tread lightly in this area, but be careful. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. It's not what you do, it's how you do it. In addition to letting him go, I have observed the need for and used other philosophies and behaviors to help keep me and my man in a warm, loving, and peaceful relationship. My thinking was, he may go, but he'll always come home if I make coming home worth it. But what kinds of things can I do to make it worth coming home? Well, then it goes into the book. The chapters are Modify the Way You Think, Observe and Learn Your Man, be willing and ready to pay your dues. Fantasy versus reality. That's a real big one, I think. Uh, mm. the, the females, we as females, we have been handed a whole line of crap. You know, this stuff about <laughs> uh, a knight in shining armor and he arrives on his white horse and he's 
suave and gracious and 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 cruel and cool and all of that stuff that's 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 BS. baloney no i'm yeah. sure right. i said bs yeah. right. it's baloney sausage for sure you gotta break out of that stuff girls well, so. do you think that's what it is? People are living in a fairy tale world. And I mean, yeah. certainly with social media, you look on Facebook yes. and everybody's having this beautiful life because they never yes. take bad pictures. I, uh, I, that, that's true. It is. Then uh, uh, the, the next chapter is learn how to fight. They don't even know how to fight. They don't know how to argue. Uh, is there a proper to... way to argue? Yes. Uh, Tell me. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. I'm curious. In, in, a, in a heated, let's see. Let's see. I'm trying to think of your words. Okay, buddy. Okay. Uh, the, the first couple of paragraphs in this chapter, learn how to fight. There are arguments and then there are heated discussions or debates. In an argument, usually someone is trying to win. Maybe both parties are trying to win. In the process of trying to win, words can become dangerous weapons. A person can say mean and ugly things and later be sorry, but it can be too late to be sorry. In a heated discussion or debate, each person, each person is sharing his or her point of view, feelings, observations, experiences, opinions. The goal is mutual understanding, or if that can't be reached, agreeing to disagree. But winning is not an issue. When you have a disagreement, choose your words and actions wisely. One word, phrase, or action can lead to another. Then before you know it, the situation has escalated and you're headed for separation or divorce. Now, that's just a couple of the chapters there. Don't try to win. Share your opinion. The next chapter, chapter, remember that you have faults too. I've never heard a woman talk about the fact that her man has to put up with her faults. (laughs) You think women don't have faults. Well, when you think about it, uh, they, they get on the phone with their girlfriend. They're, they're Thank you. Talking about their man. That's right. <laughs> and they That's want right. to have somebody commiserate with them, essentially. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You'll <laughs> love the, another chapter. I'm going to uh, point that out to you when I get there. Uh, nothing is too precious for him. Some women have homes where uh, the their husband, boyfriend, whatever, can't sit in and relax in that room. It's off limits. So think about that. Uh, think before you speak, always be a lady in the next chapter. If he has children, accept and treat them as your own. The next chapter, this is the one that I'm talking about. Don't take man advice from a woman who has no man. Ah. That blows my mind. I love that. Listen (laughs) to other women. Oh my God. It's just absolutely amazing to me. They'll listen to women who don't have a husband or boyfriend, or if they do have one, they talk about him like a dog to them. And then they, mm-hmm. they'll go and, and follow that advice that whoever, I, I, it, it just blows my mind. <laughs> okay. Uh, look good 99% of the time. I like looking like eye candy for me too. I like sexiness. Mm. I like parading around the house. I don't go outside in my short stuff. I wear, I still wear it. I'm a size eight. I still wear short stuff, tight stuff. When my grandkids were 15 and 13, I told them, and now they're 39 and and 37. I told them I'd still be wearing them short and tight when I'm 80. I'm keeping that promise. There you go. (laughs) Good. Yes. (laughs) Self-care is important. Yes, Yes, it it is. Very important. Yes. 
Now, here's yeah. the, the, the chapter that'll really rock your socks. Don't use sex as a weapon. Women Whoa. use sex to punish men. I, I, that is so yeah. obscene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh. you're right. Making them go yeah. sleep on the couch and uh, no way. Is it because uh, some women yeah. think that that's their only power <laughs> somehow? That that Yeah, that's, I think it's a huge part of it. They think that that's their only power. They don't use their mind. So, hmm. yeah. But the then I say, if anyway, if you withhold sex from him, you're worth withholding it from yourself, too. Think about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, really, right? <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, uh, next chapter is don't depend on your man to make you happy. Happiness comes from inside you. Nobody can make you happy. That's and that's true. what we're, we're being ha- handed, that kind of crap, too. Men can make mm-hmm. you happy. A, a good man. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. That's not true. Uh, no. Pray and laugh together. And then the last chapter is. I like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. The last chapter, the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. That saying is older than I am. And so I didn't want to leave the ladies in the lurch. And I have 22 recipes. Did you see Oh, through his stomach. Okay. Yes. yes. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? Yes. Yeah. 100%. Feed him well. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yep. Now, what I did is I start out with uh, desserts, apple pie, banana pudding, Aunt Yeti's pound cake. That recipe has been in our family for over 50 years. Lemon cream pie, pineapple or cherry cream cheese pie. I Yum. just finished one of those. My husband's favorite and my son's favorite as well. Uh, spaghetti meat sauce, lasagna, chili, macaroni and cheese. I give my macaroni and cheese recipe to tons of people. Mashed potatoes, pepper steak, skillet chicken and rice. I made that one up. It's uh, only all it is is uh, rice, chicken broth, onions, and chicken. That's all it is. It's, it's delicious. Uh, tuna salad, oven fried chicken. Beef stew, top of the stove, pot roast. I put my pot roast on the top of, I cook it on top of the stove. I don't put it in the oven. I think the oven dries it out. Uh, Meatloaf, chicken and dressing, dry beans or peas with smoked turkey, greens or cabbage with smoked turkey. And the last recipe is sauteed cabbage, which I love. And it's only 64 pages, which includes 22 recipes wow you're making me hungry (laughs) (laughs) god bless me with the talent for being succinct but you know that that's good because people don't have a lot of time and who wants to wait through 400 pages or something i don't like those long books you know so these these books are true to the website you can get them all at goodshortbooks.com and that's the the website's name is goodshortbooks.com they're good and they're short that works. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Trucking Moves America Forward, or TMAF, is building a positive image of trucking by telling the story of the hardworking drivers and industry professionals who support the industry. And you can be a part of it. Learn more about TMAF and how you can join and be a part of the industry movement working to build a strong image of trucking by visiting TMAF's website at truckingmovesamerica.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our latest channel, TikTok. 
Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. So what kind of tips, Joyce, do you have for the ladies um, who are out on the road and they're trying to keep a marriage together and and, um, make sure that their kids turn out okay, uh, but they're gone for maybe weeks at a time, depending. How do they do all of this? Because I'm sure that they they go through a lot of, I'm just not doing right by my family. And it's probably pretty easy to get on the phone and and start bickering. Um, How do they conquer all of that? By being patient and tolerant and think kindness. So when they are on the phone with the kids, get into the the heads of their children. You know, find out where they are with your absence. You know, really delve into how your absence makes them feel. And you may end up having to change uh, change jobs. But if, if, it, uh, if it's very traumatic for them, if, if, it, if it's too much to handle, it, you, know, you have to get inside the heads of your children. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. So you have to find out where they are with what you're doing. And you really should have found out before you even went on that, on that job. So I hope that some of them did find out what, how that would impact and affect their children. Now, there are a lot of ladies out there, too, who are driving and and, uh, they're able to actually bring their kids with them. They may not necessarily. Yeah. Uh, And of course, you've got the same challenges. You've just got a confined space. Do you have any suggestions to how to get along? Because I'm sure that there's some days where it's like you just. They have to establish rules of order when they are in in the in the cab of the of the truck. They have to establish rules of order and understand why these are the rules. If you have hmm. people who understand why these rules are set up, you know, then explain that to them. Children are smart, but don't ha- don't right. allow so talk to them like sorry, talk to them as adults, what like as an adult, not as talking down to children and not explaining things. Right. It's, it's not even so much as talking to them as an adult. You know, it's just talking to them as somebody who's got some sense. <laughs> right. yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. You know, so just tell them now here. Here are the rules. Now we have we have got to you, we can't have uh, the windows down if the air conditioner is going. We can only have the windows down if we don't have the air conditioner on. Uh, that's something simple. Uh, the radio cannot be blasting. It has to be at this level. Uh, you can't throw mm-hmm. stuff out the window. We have a garbage bag. We have a trash bag in here. You can't talk over when somebody else is talking. You, know, you really have to teach them the same rules that you would have in the house that you that have sense, in yeah. your truck. Sure. But they have to be told the rules and you know, have to follow them. Speaking of of uh, rules in a confined area, even um, moms uh, that are driving, you know, the, the family car or SUV, mm-hmm. if you look in the vehicle, a lot of times it's like the kids are like grinding cookies into the seat and leaving huge <laughs> messes, uh-uh, uh-uh. Um, which my mother never would have allowed. But it's like uh-uh. this this is quite common. You know, uh-uh. no. And, and the women, uh, females, uh, and mothers particularly, are losing control of their children. Uh, and that, oh, that's yeah. why I, and I wrote uh, uh, Mother's Dozen in 2003. 
And I wrote that book as because I saw so many mothers being held hostage by the tempers of their toddlers. Yeah. Oh, it just it just blew my mind. How did that happen? I don't know. Um, You know what? I do think television and the movies and now it's even getting worse now, because when you watch television and the movies uh, about maybe 30 years ago, I saw in a movie a child get killed and it just really tore me up. Then I said to my husband, it's not going to be long before it's going to be commonplace for children to be killed. So it starts in the movies and in television. That is how they condition us to be prepared for whatever is going to be coming. Now I'm seeing kids hitting their parents back. I'm seeing kids being totally disrespectful to their mothers and fathers. It's just, it, it just blows my mind. And so I think that what we see, and you see when we were coming up, uh, as I said, I'm 77 years old. When we were coming up, we didn't even see a man and, a, and his wife in the bed together. No, they, they had twin beds. Yes, no. they did. Mm-hmm. So and then, it, then it evolved. Then they went to, they showed us the husband and wife in bed together. But here's the thing. Now, when they have love scenes now, and see, in, in my day, when they went into the bedroom, they closed the door. That was a signal to us telling us, it's none of your business. Right. Yeah. What's going on in there mm-hmm. now? Use your imagination. So nowadays, they show everything. I mean, they show mm-hmm. oral sex, they show anal sex, they show everything. Yeah. And that is what is wrong. These young people nowadays, and not even so young, are trying to copy what they're seeing on the screen. There's no personal thing to it. You're trying to copy something that you saw. So that it just takes all the love and warmth out of. And I think that the way that sex is depicted, it, it makes it look horrible. Yeah. Like the, they go into the elevator and, and he's grinding on her and, and kissing her. He's kissing her so hard, it makes my face hurt. <laughs> yeah, so it just makes sex look so ugly. Yeah. The way that they do yeah. it nowadays. Yeah. I mean, what do you think about it? There's a lot of uh, what they call hookups. Um, Mm -hmm. There's really not a lot of dating in many cases. Mm -hmm. It's just a get together and do it and call it even and see Mm -hmm. you later. Yeah. And there's a price to pay. There's going to be a price to pay for this later on down the road. I don't know if I'll still be here, but there's going to be a price to pay. Yeah, I know that there was a survey done a few years back and a lot of college uh, students, uh, the women were basically giving up sex on a hookup, hoping that the guy might want to date them. And, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, which I'm sorry, I, I don't see that as progress. It's like we have more value than sex. Hello. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah so. Well, again, you know, think about the movies. Think about television. Yep. Yep. Isn't it, it, that's the way it, it trivializes it, it makes your, it look like it's not even valuable. What are your thoughts on that, Kathy? You know, I'm I'm right along with you, hundred uh, percent. Just the it 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 turns it so that it's it's ugly. It's not they yes. lose the beauty, the preciousness. Yes. Because yes. I, I me personally, I believe love is a gift, mm-hmm. and it should be cherished and given to those who are deserving. And mm-hmm. I mean, deserving in a way that it's it's special, and you don't just hand it out to any Joe Bull that comes along, right? Yeah. 
And it's also self-respect. Yes. It's how you value yourself, right? Yes. And if you're just going to, you know, throw it out like candy, well, it, it totally <laughs> loses beauty. And, and that was well said. I, I think, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, <laughs> well I, it's true. Yeah. God, God, I, I believe that God gives us the, this, this precious inner jewel and mm-hmm. you don't want to just give it to people who are going to um, disrespect, degrade, demoralize, like do turn it into a negative thing when it's, it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you give that to someone who is along, who's thinking along the same lines, well then together it becomes such a, a powerful tool that, that, it spreads like a ripple of water that, that everybody around feels that. And mm-hmm. I think your relationship with your husband of, of lasting for what would you say? 64 years is absolutely, mm-hmm. uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, moment, uh, uh, mon- no. monumental. It shows the word. Yeah, yeah. Monumental in, in the yes. fact that it shows people, this is what true love is. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's precious. Mm-hmm. You, you, it requires patience and tolerance, and especially on yeah. the part of the woman. And that, that's why I say in the book, 80% of the success of a relationship rests on the shoulders of the female, of the woman. That's what I have observed in my 64-year relationship. <laughs> yeah. I've cried 100%. a lot of tears. <laughs> I've cried a lot of tears, yeah. and, and uh, uh, but it's all been worth it. Yeah. You know, you got to pay your dues. Yeah, there are going to be obstacles, certainly. Yes. I think the first book you wrote, uh, that should be a blueprint for everyone. I mean, the, 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 you oh, had all the you. chapter titles there. Wouldn't yeah. it be nice if everybody yeah. read that book in the world? Yeah. What, it, how would we be when we wake up in the morning? Wouldn't it be? Well, one, one of the Amazon reviewers uh, for um, the, the Golden Rule, I have a book called The Limitless Golden Rule, 21 Ways to Use the Golden Rule in Your Life. I was raised on the golden rule. We were raised on the golden rule. Mm-hmm. My, uh, my entire family, all my cousins were raised on the golden rule. Yeah. Um, and so when I wrote this book, my granddaughter asked me, uh, what is the golden rule? It just really threw me for a loop because I had raised them with the golden rule. And I wrote this one in 2015. Mm-hmm. And um, I was getting ready to say that to tell you something about whatever the question was that you had. Sometimes I'm losing my thoughts while I'm thinking. So. <laughs> well, just uh, how uh, these philosophies yes, would and change the way the world gets along. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. The golden rule really will make the world a better place if we use it. You know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So I had to rewrite the book, not rewrite the book, but I had to add the golden rule as the first page on it. When my granddaughter asked me, what is the golden rule? But uh, that's the way I raised them with it. But uh, I didn't actually explicitly say what the rule stated. And so it's uh, the golden rule. It's on page three. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And uh, we can use the golden rule. And I think that pretty much uh, somebody pointed out to me that most of my books, uh, if not all, are based on the golden rule. Stay tuned for more of Women Road Warriors coming up. Industry Movement Trucking Moves America Forward is telling the story of the industry. Are safety champions? 
the women of trucking, independent contractors, the next generation of truckers, and more. Help us promote the best of our industry. Share your story and what you love about trucking. Share images of a moment you're proud of. And join us on social media. Learn more at truckingmovesamerica.com. Welcome back to Women Road Warriors with Shelley Johnson and Kathy Takaro. Have any of your readers reached out to you and said, wow, this made a huge difference? Um, oh, yeah. You can check the reviews. Um, uh, for the golden rule, this one, this one reviewer said, wonderfully written, something everyone should read. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And um, uh, go to the reviews for uh, and then one of the reviews for the best way to keep a man is to let him go. This is a recent one. She said that she bought the book for her friend and herself and that they getting, they're getting a lot out of it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And she says that I am real and that my advice is really good. You know, so they, they think that this is going to help their relationships. Well, you're and putting, that's why I wrote it. You're putting common sense down uh, succinctly. A lot of the elements you're talking about, I was raised with not all of them, but certainly it makes so much sense. And when you think about it, decades and decades ago, people stayed together, not always happily, but they uh -huh. did. Uh -huh. And I think it's too easy today to say, ah, the heck with you, I'll move on. Yes. Yeah. But then you, you, you think that you're going to move on to better. Right. Yeah. You Sometimes you move on to worse and sometimes you move on to nothing. Mm -hmm. Um. You, you have to cultivate your relationship. You have to teach your man how you want to be treated. You should have done that before you, you got married or before you consented to live together. But you have to you have to teach people how to treat you. You have to tell you have to tell somebody that I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like it when you say this. I don't, it makes me feel this way when you say that. If you tell them they're obligated to listen, and this is in the best way to keep a man mm -hmm. is to let him go also. If they are obligated to listen, but they are not obligated to change. Right. But mm -hmm. if you say the right things, maybe they will change. So, but um, that's the way it goes. And of course you do run into people who, are just plain abusive. So, oh yes, but the, the, there are usually signals. So a lot of mm -hmm. women don't. I believe in signs. So if he hits you the first time, that's a sign that he will hit you again. <laughs> oh yeah, sure it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So don't say, oh, he just he didn't mean it. Okay, well, gonna break your jaw or kill you. Mm -hmm. so, but don't yeah. don't don't even allow that kind of abuse. that's right. What you tolerate what will continue. Yes, exactly. But see, a lot of females have done, gone through very traumatic stuff in their lives. So and they are willing to accept bad treatment. I don't know sure. how else to say it. So but uh, but because, of you know, it all goes back to the way we were raised. Yep. And if you sit yep. down and talk to your man, you can find out a lot. And then watch him when he's around his family. Watch him when he's around his friends, especially uh, if you're talking about marrying him. Yeah, so just be careful. 
My mother always told me that, like growing up, uh, when we were like teenagers and having our her first boyfriends, mm-hmm. she says, "Watch how they treat the elderly. Watch how mm-hmm. they treat the handicapped. How, watch how they treat anybody and other people." And she mm-hmm. says, "You will see how he will treat you by That's the way right. he treats other people." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she also had said um, another word of wisdom was that you really want to get to know a man break up with him then you'll see how he really is and then if he's he still treats you nice afterwards then you just go back with him <laughs> just to yeah, see how yeah. right <laughs> but yeah <laughs> my yeah, dad that's... also said uh, to see how he treats his mother mm-hmm. oh yes yes mm-hmm. that's yes. right so that in in um mother's dozen an easy recipe for raising great kids the last page is what makes my son so great here are the things that I say about him. He's 51 years old now, and um, he has his way of putting me in my place uh, when I get into his business. As his mother, I always tell him, I'm always going to have something to say about what you do. So he he was raised to disagree with us respectfully. So right now, he's like I say, he's 51. And when he disagrees with whatever, he'll say, (laughs) it tickles me the way he disagrees with me he'll say ma i'm big now (laughs) (laughs) that's great it it just tickles me so and i even laugh when he tells me that you're like okay (laughs) yes but he is he's just i admire my own child so here are the things here he is always mannerable he is very polite and respectful especially with his elders He loves to learn and experiments with new approaches in order to learn more. He is is a responsible person and does not expect others to pay for his mistakes or wrong choices. He suffers negative consequences with dignity. He consciously lives his life with rules, order, and organization, thereby minimizing tension, stress, anger, conflict, and confusion. He is independent and seldom borrows or asks for assistance. He is exceedingly spiritual with a powerful belief in God. He regularly vocalizes his awareness of and thankfulness for his many blessings. He enjoys giving and receiving hugs and kisses. He usually takes care of must before shoulds, needs before wants, and business before pleasure. He demonstrates that he can effectively follow rules, instructions, when, uh, when appropriate. He is patient, seldom loses his temper, and uses time wisely. He has a truckload of family members and friends who love, admire, and respect him and often seek his opinion or point of view. And that includes me, his own mother. That's, the, that's wow. it. That's wow. my son. There are going to be ladies lighting up saying, where do I find a guy like that? And that's what I did. I raised him with those ingredients. I mm-hmm. taught him from infancy. Uh, we didn't turn the radio down or the TV down or anything. He had to get used to the way we lived. We were not going to adjust our lives for him. Hmm. I-, I was kind of raised that way, too. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, and I never uh, put locks on my kitchen cabinets or anything. I just popped that hand a couple of times and he learned. Yeah, that's not yours. That's right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I I did empty out one of my cabinets at the bottom so he could go in and play. Yep. 
I think so. mom did that too. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. With some old pots and pans, if I want mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. hang them around so. on the floor or something, but yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's another thing too. Um, in our home, the, the calm was one thing, but we never had to look for anything. Out of, let's say, uh, nine people, we never had to look for anything because when you used it, you had to put it back where it went because you did not want eight people hollering and screaming mad at you because you -hmm. you didn't put it back where it was, where it went. So even to this day, order and organization, it makes life easier. So your siblings actually kept you accountable, too. Yes, Mm -hmm. most definitely. And the way that we did it was when each as each child was born, we condition and socialize the child to live in our house. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Yes. I think That's my mom used to say something like you have to teach a child to be civilized. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Because humans don't have that as necessarily a trait. It has to be taught. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And children learn what they live. That's a that's yeah. an old um yeah, a, it's a poem about I don't remember who wrote that, but it's children learn what they live. That's true. Mm-hmm. So, Joyce, where can people find your book again? I'm, I'm sure that uh, if they're driving and stuff, they don't necessarily have a pen and paper handy. OK, so, um, uh, I have written 10 books. There are 11 books on the site. My sister wrote one and hers is good as well about dogs. But I've written 10 and they are all available at goodshortbooks.com. If you go to goodshortbooks.com, you'll see all 11 of the books. When if you go to Amazon, you have to know the title of the book. But if you see, if you go to goodshortbooks.com, you'll see all of them. Then you click on the, the book that you're interested in and it carries you to Amazon. The books are available on amazon.com as well as the reviews. We have fabulous reviews on them. It's a very, I'm, I'm on your website right now and it's very nice. It's, uh, it's got a good vibe to it. Very oh, wonderful. I, it's very nice. I like it. Yeah. Good. It's short. So people who don't have a lot of time can get the information they need. That's very mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like even if somebody maybe didn't start out doing what you're suggesting, mm-hmm. you're giving them a step-by-step approach on how to make the changes. Yes, you can change anything. You certainly can. Yes. A lot of people and- will say that's not true, but uh, that's just because they don't want to try. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That is exactly. Every- but not only that, you can change everything, but everything changes. Nothing stays the same. Either you're growing or you're dying. That's correct. Well, this has been a wonderful interview. My goodness, we've been chatting with Joyce Fields. She is an authority on so many wonderful things here, and she's got some real life points and pointers that can help women in their relationships, raising their kids, you name it. She's the author of 10 books, so you definitely want to check that out. I just have been really enjoying talking with you, Joyce. Oh, thank Thank you. you. Thank Thank you very much. I've enjoyed talking with you too, ladies. Thank you for being on the show. (laughs) (laughs) You've been listening to another great episode of Women Road Warriors with Kathy Takaro and Shelly Johnson. I'm Shelly. And I'm Kathy. Definitely check out another episode and we'll have this one on podcast too. So don't miss it. You're listening to TNCRadio.live. You've been listening to Women Road Warriors with Shelly Johnson and Kathy Takaro. If you want to be a guest on the show or have a topic or feedback, email us 
at info at tncradio.live. <laughs>